in like really deep relationships and obviously marriage is the the epitome of it but even just any deep relationship to have someone who can see you um fully for who you are like mm-hmm. the good the bad and the ugly and call out the ugly and Yeah, but All we're back. Right. We're back, folks. With I know you missed us. Fantastic podcast with your host Kyle. <laughs> with all the personality in the world, <laughs> Kyle and Kyle, Kyle and Kyle. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're talking about uh, subjects that today. plague men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not Things where that, my mind goes first. <laughs> <laughs> Things that plague people, problems that yes know, people have, and but mostly, let's say men. common issues, common problems that everyday people suffer from, and yeah, mm-hmm. just it's you know it's going to be from a man's perspective. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Because we're, we're scientists, you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, we know what we're doing. I experiment all the time. Yep. On my children. Big, big facts. <laughs> yep, psychologically, with my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's all, see if this causes any childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm, that probably won't go well, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll be there on the back end. <laughs> yeah, I'll we'll find there. out. We'll find yeah, out we'll in 15 years. We'll figure it out. <clears throat> but yes, we wanted to talk about some of the big topics um, that I feel like, ironically, I will say that a lot of um, clients struggle with this. And ironically, I think it's a little bit of uh, societal issues as well as you know personal personality traits and different things like that. But yeah, laziness, sure. laziness is really big. And I think you know, I actually... Uh, kind of thinking that through, I think a big part of it is, is because we don't know how to work well. So laziness, be, it's almost like a pendulum swing is oftentimes what I, what I see it as. Yeah. Well, and I feel as though, you know, I don't know. I get taught all this crap. Well, I got taught all this crap in school that I've never used, but I was never taught a lot of practical things that I should have been taught. I feel like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, but like how to make goals and achieve them. I um, thought you said gold at first. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Obviously how to make gold first, yeah. the first one that I want to be at. <laughs> how awesome would that be? Yeah. Why didn't they teach me that? No. Uh, but like how to set goals and not just set goals, but how to achieve them. Right. If you make like a yearly goal or uh, one year from now, I want to, blah, 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 right? I want to have a good workout routine. Mm. Well, you can't just set that and then be done with it. You know what I mean? Okay, I'll, I'll do what I can to get there. And then just, I, I guess, just try, you know, on a daily basis. Like, you have to set monthly goals, weekly goals, um, or benchmarks at least, you know, and how, how am I going to get there? What yeah. does that look like um, on, on the scale of a quarter? or a month or 
a week and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And, and so that way you can track it and track your progress. And if you're, you know, that, that way it's not like, ah, oh, you know what, now's not a good time, but ne- next week or, you know, next month. And then it keeps getting pushed off. And then six months later, you're like, yeah. Oh, look at that. I've made zero progress to my goal at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of that that happens as well and and that Mm -hmm. i think some of that can be attributed well i I think laziness can it can be confused with laziness where i don't think necessarily it is laziness um i think it's it's just the inability to actually plan make set goals and make a plan to achieve those goals if that makes sense yeah, no, no, I definitely, I would say that being able to um, <clears throat> create a format that's actually uh, applicable in your life is not something that you really learn until, like, uh, unless you have a good models. Like, sometimes you can do that with, like, in, like, a sport or something like that where the team kind of forces you to do that. But, like, even in that, I True. feel like there's a little bit there's a little bit of a crux because like somebody's still telling you what to do versus you creating that yourself. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a big part because like, especially with the concept of laziness, but in, in reality, goal setting, all that stuff, we are our worst enemy. Like it's, it's really one of the biggest parts of laziness is the, the struggle with delayed gratification. It's the aspect of, I want it now. Uh, I don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. I want to do the fun thing. Like it, it kind of comes back to that um, struggle with being able to say, like, yeah, I am going to miss out, but I'm going to get something on the back end. Like I, I have a long term goal that I'm pushing for, and then you know, like you said, putting short term goals in the midst of that long term goal, um, and then and then breaking it down so you can achieve small small goals as you are kind of pushing towards that, that bigger. Yeah. Making sure your daily and weekly agendas are oriented towards achieving your long-term goals. Exactly. And uh, I heard a quote, um, or no, I saw a quote um, and it was uh, the concept was we think, we think we can do way too much with one year and we do, we have uh, a small concept of what we can do in 10. So this aspect of saying like, typically we make like, Oh, this year's goal is this. And it's usually way out of proportion. Like there's no way (laughs) that we could achieve it. But then we don't have like longer than that. We don't look at like, well, Hey, I'm going to work out and maybe I don't see crazy results because the front end, I can't do as much or I I can't really push myself as hard because I'm just trying to get in shape. But like yeah. in 10 years, if I keep this up, I'm going to be in really great shape. Um, but if I see like, oh, man, I didn't have as much gains as I wanted. I didn't go from, from myself to, you know, Ryan Reynolds uh, or The Rock. It's like, oh, this sucks. This is not going to take forever. But instead of being like, I'm just going to make this a habit in my life and then check in 10 years. And if you do that part, you see so much change occur overall. Yeah, well, and that's a that's a time. great way to put it as well. Is you know building these habits. I'm, I'm my 
I'm going to build these habits and then, yeah, see where I'm at in X amount of years, you know, that sort of thing. Cause that's developing the habits that are going to get you to those goals. Yeah. But so I, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. I think. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more of a, a concept of life than it is like, that's the reason why like diets and stuff like that don't work because all you'll do is like do it for a short period of time and then just revert back versus like integrating things into your life of saying like, Hey, I want to integrate this in. And a big part of that I think is the concept of acceptance. I accept that there's parts of this that I'm not going to like, like a super ton, but I know it's good. So I accept the bad with the good. I think oftentimes we're just looking at the good of the goal and not looking at the, the difficulty or the thing I'm not a huge fan of that I would need to accept and really focusing more on that. Like, of course I'm going to like the good part, but like, like I need to recognize and be able to accept the bad part because that's typically what often motivates me to stop. So like, if I look back at my life, it's like, don't want to do this. So then I run to find something that I do want to do. Like, such as I'm just going to watch this TV show or I'm going to go eat this food or, you know, like it's all like the jump off point is I've come (laughs) to an obstacle and instead of accepting it, I just go like, "Ah, I'm out. (laughs) And I just pivot and run, run off to whatever I want to do. Yeah. Well, and it kind of reminds me of like when I quit tobacco, um, well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say quit tobacco cause I still smoke cigars, but, um, when I yeah. quit smoking cigarettes in particular, and then also, um, chewing tobacco and yeah. I, it was just, it was a flip of a switch. I tried so many ways and so many times to, to quit smoking cigarettes, especially, um, I didn't really ever try and quit, uh, dip until I quit honestly. Uh, but even that was a flip of the switch for me. And so it was, it it was something I needed to, in my life to create the proper motivation, I think, you know, and, and Mm. I don't know what it was. So the first time it happened with cigarettes, I was able to quit for the longest period of time. I don't know. Like, um, I had achieved at that time, maybe three months, I think I had gone something like that. Um, and it was literally, I, I smoked a cigarette one day and I'm like, that was gross. I, I, like I, it was something about that specific cigarette. It just like, it tasted nasty. I felt nasty afterwards. And so just like that, mm. it was this flip of a switch. I didn't have a single one afterwards. I didn't wean, my, wean myself off, you know, whatever. I was cold Turkey and made it about three months and then, you know, Oh yeah, I'll just smoke one and just kidding. And then back off the wagon. But then when it happened again, I was actually in Afghanistan when I quit uh, officially. And it was, uh, I was on a journey of trying to better, like just feel better, look better, um, you know, working out on a very regular basis and just trying to be healthy. And I was still smoking cigarettes. And it was a combination of all that stuff where it was just like, I really realize, and you hear all through school and, Oh, there's, you know, I got rat poison in there and blah, 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 which is not true. There's not rat poison in in cigarettes, but there is bad stuff, horrible, bad stuff. And they are terrible. And I had also read a book own, own the day, own your life by Aubrey Marcus. Uh, And in there, he talks about tobacco use and nicotine and 
the benefits of nicotine if you choose to utilize it, um, but how terrible cigarettes are for you. And it was just this like culmination of all these things that it was just like, boop, flip of the switch, cold turkey, never had a cigarette again. And now I am repulsed by cigarettes and when people smoke cigarettes and like i'll say it's it's so funny because how your mindset changes because i'll smell a cigarette in the air at some point i'm like it's 2023 people are still smoking cigarettes like what the heck <laughs> and it just it's just disgusting you know what i mean just yeah. the thought of smoking a cigarette is disgusting um yeah. so it's just yeah it's just funny how it changes and then for for dip what it was for me was uh money I realized how much money I was spending on it because I Poverty. never did the math. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like we were hurting. It was just, I, I can't remember what even made, maybe Caitlin was talking about like, you really need to, you know, see how much you're spending because it was just small increments, right? $4 here, $4 there, whatever. And um, then moving to Texas, then it, the price was more expensive per can. And I, mm. at my peak, when I quit, I was a can and a half a day and it was about $5 a can. And so you do can and a half a day. I'm going to do the math real quick right now. We've got the technology. So do it. Uh, that's it. literally right now. It's just hurting my heart. <laughs> what? As you're doing just it, are you doing the math? Money. Yeah. I'm just calculating in my head how much. Not very far, but just two hundred that's two hundred and ten dollars a month is what I was spending. Uh, yeah. Two hundred two hundred and ten dollars a month is what I was spending at five dollars a can, which I think it was a little bit more than that with like taxes and everything, but at five dollars a can, can and a half a day, it was two hundred and ten dollars a month. What were you doing with your life? Yeah. So Not it would it, I, it just shocked me. I was like, holy <clears throat> crap. Like all of the things that I, in my head, I'm like, oh man, I wish we could afford faster internet. I wish we could afford this. And it's like, <laughs> you quit could. chewing tobacco you and you could. can. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> just that easy. Um, and so, yeah, just like that, it was like, okay, yeah, flip the switch. Now, that, that one was a little different. But it, yeah, it was those triggers that helped me, I guess, in this instance, is, is getting rid of a bad habit. Um, but it's, it's finding that motivation, I feel like. And it's the same for building yeah. habits as well. Because I'm like that with working mm -hmm. out. There have been points in my life where I've worked out heavily on a regular basis. All that, you know, and I was in great shape. I was building muscle. Um, and then something happens that throws me off that routine. And then I'm off the wagon. And then it's so yeah. hard to get back in the gym. And it's just finding that right motivation. That's the thing I think. <clears throat> I think that's... That's the thing I would say would be a great class would be figuring out how to harness the ability to tap into what you were talking about, which is, um, which I think is, uh, it's going to obviously be unique and different for each person. It's not like it's going to be like a, a magical chant that you say yeah. and you can just like find this, but it's more of like how to be always looking for what you need to press into the healthiness that you want because yeah. oftentimes we know what we want to do. It's just, we're looking for that flip the switch. We're hoping that the switch happens. Now I will say that I think you could have gotten to it with more. Um, and 
Hold on for this brief intermission. (laughs) (laughs) Another time, I forgot to do something. No. Small ones, too? Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to edit this out. We're totally... No, we are totally keeping this in. You're just like pacing back and forth. <laughs> With just weights. Speaking, yeah, of, working just like, out, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of working out. Um, my wife has, uh, I will tell you that she started, um, she started a workout program. It's like a 90 day program. Mm-hmm. It is insane. The amount of transformation she's had. Like she just is like getting jacked which is yeah, just so funny. It's awesome. Um, yeah. But like, I, I think that's so, so like I was saying the, the part of finding a way and again, I've heard this in different people, different places, which is more so uh, kind of seeking the things that you're wanting, like looking into it, research, different things like that. So you're wanting to stop smoking. And one of the things that helped you was a book that really kind of drove home the, the uh, unhealthy aspects of smoking during a time where you were wanting to be healthy. Well, and it wasn't just that because I, I had smoked after that book, but it, it was the right, it was the right wow. timing, right? It was the, yeah, the book. Sh- there's just no helping you. <laughs> I just, I needed, like, I needed the culmination of all of these things. It's like, Oh man, these things are awful yeah. for you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what going. I used to say when I was a kid, like an idiot, like we gotta die somewhere. It's yeah. like, yeah, what it's a, not the best. Way. What a great thing to do to your body. Yeah. Um, but that that concept of kind of what you were doing, and it, again, it, it it helped the journey along, and that's the thing I think yeah. is more important sure. is being able to say how to do that kind of um, research, how to be motivated to. Press into well, and it also has to be the right source, you know. At least for oh, me, yeah, yeah. Some, you know, it's mm-hmm. got to come from the right source because I can hear the same information, but maybe it was just the wrong source. Maybe it was, you know, they didn't word it exactly, you know, how in a way that it would resonate with me necessarily. Uh, because again, obviously, I heard, I knew that cigarettes were terrible for you, <laughs> yeah. um, but I just never really. Th- thought about like i just kept it out of my mind like yeah they're terrible for Mm. me i love the way i feel when i smoke a cigarette right it was my anytime drug it was like i almost died on my motorcycle and the moment i got off i'm like you know lighting up a cigarette to to calm my nerves and everything and and chill out and then i'm in the woods with the military for three weeks and I'm exhausted and I wake up in the morning. It's like, light a cigarette to give me some energy. You know, so it was kind of that whatever I needed it to be. And so I, yeah. I just never really thought about it. I just never really cared, I guess, if that makes sense. So it, it, it for me, it had to be a culmination of things, you know, all these things coming together. It's basically just a smack in the face eventually where I'm like, yep. Okay. Done with these. Um, and, mm. You know, I just needed to be spoken to me, if that makes sense. <laughs> that sounds weird, yeah. but like. Well, yeah. So, again, kind of trying to look for things that are going to 
um, help you in the direction that you're wanting to go, like surrounding yourself with um, people or like, you know, again, yeah. a fabulous podcast such as this uh, <laughs> that, that is telling you healthy things, uh, it's talking about subjects that are kind of also like kind of encouraging you to mature. Because I think that's a big part of what it is as well. Because what you're talking yeah, about when you're sure. saying that is like, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I just really didn't, <laughs> didn't think or care. Or yeah. Like, so I, and, I just did it. Yep. And, and I think that, you know, outside of having children, like you're going to have to seek that out more. Yeah. Like children force you to mature because of just necessity. Yeah. But like, Outside of that, there's there has to be kind of a, a seeking out of that maturity, and I think that's something that yeah you don't really get a bunch before. Well, and we should specify: children force you to mature if you want to be a good parent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you strive <laughs> to be a good parent, yeah. you know, because yeah. some people just do don't. Automatically. Yeah, some people don't want to be. Some people true. don't care. True, true, true. That was a good preface because I don't want people having children and just being like, I'll just mature once I have this kid. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. If you're wanting to love your children well and care for them well, you will have to mature because in reality, like structure for my life came from that. I built yeah. it off of that and uh, it's a heck of a lot of work, but it really helps you to start recognizing um I think because a lot of times laziness comes from selfishness and self want and um, my desire, which yeah, I think true struggle. laziness does. Yeah, because again, yeah. I think there are things that do get confused with laziness, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Where it it appears as laziness because you're not getting things done, and and maybe laziness is a part of it, or like kind of feeds into it a little bit. But mm -hmm. I feel like there are are things that um, aren't, I, I don't know, they, they get confused with laziness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Getting distracted, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, that's something that I suffer with for sure. I've got ADHD yeah. and, mm -hmm. um, or ADD, whatever. Um, who knows? Um, and so for me... All, all, check all the above. Yeah, check all. <laughs> um, and, and so for me, it's... I don't... There are times, if I'm not careful, if I'm not diligent... I will accomplish nothing over the course of an extended period of time. And it's not that I necessarily yeah. was like, eh, I don't want to accomplish anything and I want to be lazy. It's that I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, Ooh, you know, what's this? And then I go off over here and then I get distracted here and then I end up accomplishing nothing. So, yeah, that, that is absolutely true because it's, there's a lot of things that look like laziness that yeah. on further inspection, there's there's more going on. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't want it. Uh, that's not an excuse, right? There's not no. an excuse. That's still something that it's something that I have to work on and something that I have to get better with and and uh, achieve more um, than what I I do sometimes. And so, um, yeah. So it's still an issue. It's still a problem that that needs to be. Uh, fixed but yeah and, and again it, i think it can come from the concept of um even that you can be lazy and if you don't ever try to work against the thing once you know it's there there's a difference yeah. between like i don't know that this is happening to me and i'm just like kind of like stumbling through it 
versus like, oh, I know I have ADHD and I'm not actively trying to stop my distracting nature. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so then it becomes a part where it's like, now we've moved into laziness of not, not because you struggle with distraction. That's not, that's kind of happening to you, but the lack of um, pressing into it now becomes a, a form, which I think is again, something that is true for uh, all of us where we, Mm -hmm. we know what we should do. And then, then it's the battle of that concept of, you know, what we were talking about before that delayed gratification, to actually get it done because i think that's it's like the whole like angel and demon like on your shoulders being like you're like (laughs) oh you should go do this good thing and then the other one's like but you could also watch six episodes of netflix Uh (laughs) yep and and that's the i think that's the part that in reality the ironically the good things always better for you like all all together, but it's going to take work. And that's the part that I think oftentimes is the in the moment challenge to accept Mm -hmm. work and to accept that most of our life is going to be work. Now it should look differently. And we're, it kind of come, we're kind of coming full circle back to that concept where I think we are in, especially American society, but in a lot of societies, we overwork ourselves for work and then what happens is is we get so kind of stressed or burnt out from work that when we get back home we like kind of try to pendulum swing and almost make leisure an idol where it's like i don't want to do anything i just want to watch the tv i want to watch play video games i want to sit around do nothing um and it becomes this part where then i get frustrated um, at home because something's trying to take away my leisure. And it's almost like, it's like in my head, like this is my, you know, time to relax because of my stressful day at work. Yeah. But in reality, you can end up blowing up on your kids because of it. And exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a part where I think it's, I think we need to get our work life into a better balance so that way we can transition into what I often call like second shift. Like if you have a wife, if you have children, like you have a second shift job. Um, yeah. And it's when you come home till they go to sleep uh, is your second shift. And if you are burnt out from work, you're not going to do your second shift well. Uh, yep. And that's where I think a lot of my struggles with laziness comes in then. I'm like having this internal battle uh, feeling frustrated with my children because they're not going to bed fast enough or they're not listening. Um, so I'm having to do extra things uh, to deal with it. And I'm already really tired. And in reality, that's not their fault. Like they're kids being kids. Like that's, that's what they're supposed to do. That's a part of my job, but yep. it's that concept of, I think it kind of comes back to what you're saying. It's not specifically just laziness. I think it's because we've stretched ourselves a little bit too far in one area of life where now it's negatively impacting other areas where I yeah. don't have as much to give in those spaces. Yeah. Well, and that's like a, my last job, you know, I loved it. I, it's when I worked at the gun range and mm-hmm. I was a supervisor out there. I, I loved what I did. I loved the company that I worked for. Um, and it had its problems, 
had people there that you know weren't weren't spectacular but i especially in the gun community and in the way i see it is there's so much bad information going around out there um in the gun community of the best gun to buy and you know like this is what you should get and you know whatever so there's so much bad information and mm. when it comes to firearms that can result in a terrible tragedy uh you know with with the bad information and so i yeah. i would take it upon myself to you know be an advocate for firearms and for new shooters and things like that and try and inform everybody to the best of my ability to ensure that people that leave our range don't end up um be accidentally you know being involved in one of those tragedies yeah and and so people come in ask me you know hey first time gun owner i want to be a first time gun owner don't don't know what to buy what should i buy and so me being me i like to talk a lot anyway especially about guns and so i was like well great there goes next two hours of my life because i can't uh i cannot let these people leave without giving them all of the information that's in my head because they need to be as well informed as humanly possible and so i would do that and you know i would also try and dedicate myself um to to the other employees you know the the uh, range safety officers that i was in charge of and by the time I came home, I had nothing left to give my family, or very little left to give. I was just mm-hmm. mentally drained. And it was that yeah. whole relaxation. I want to come home. You know, I want to have some dinner and pour a drink and sit in front of the TV and do nothing. Right. And with yeah. uh, a wife and a kid, uh, even just a wife, like that's okay on occasion, but. You know, there, there needs to be more, and there wasn't, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that I realized um, until I developed anxiety, and you know, so on and so forth. And actually, through my anxiety, I think God talked to me through my anxiety, um, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized, like, gotta quit the range. All right, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think that's a great example of making sure. You're able to find, again, a job where you can work, provide for your family, and it's not draining on Mm -hmm. you. Uh, It's not taking from you more than it's giving. And it allows you to have that balance between, you know, home and home and work. And like, that's, that's one thing that I, like, I also have to make sure I'm doing a really good job on that because I can, I can easily get there. And I, like I told, I told Haley from the beginning, I was like, I will not work a job that will take away from my family. This job is to pay for my family. Uh, It is like, I do not want a career, a field or anything that takes me away from or or makes me less of a father or husband to my family. And that's something that is kind of hard because I feel like I've been called to my job. So... Mm -hmm it's like kind of a, a constant struggle that I have um, between, between that. But like, I've always wanted to be a dad. I found out I wanted to be a counselor like a way down the road, but like I knew I wanted to be a dad when I was like six. And so, and it was like, 
I knew that's what I was going to do. I was like, I got to find a wife because I'm a good dad. <laughs> and so like the counselor will come and go, but I'm not going to ever stop being a husband or a dad. And so like, I have to constantly remind myself of, of putting that into priority, um, which I never thought I would, but like I took, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't work Fridays. Um, so I can see, so I can be at home with my boys, um, until they go to school. And then after that, um, I'm not going to go work more. I'm going to move my day off to when Haley has a day off. And then we're just going to have a day off during the week together. Yeah. Because I like, I could make significantly more money if I worked a full nine hours, uh, an additional day. But like, I can make more money. I can't make more time. And that's something that I really never thought of until uh, I had a family. And allows you to kind of think through that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, it's a balance, you know, it's a, definitely a big balancing act um, <laughs> because uh, I certainly don't want a job that takes away from my family. Uh, but I do want a job that I love to go to, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. something that is, you know, if, if you enjoy what you do, you'll n- never work a day in your life sort of thing. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of, kind of cheesy because <laughs> in incorrect, honestly, um, <laughs> you know, if it's something truly worth doing, there's, it's going to be work. Um, yeah. or it should, there should be, you know what I mean? It, it should be, oh, I'm sorry. The computer's yelling at me. Um, so anyway, I, I just, there is, there's certainly a balance. I don't want to take away from my family because of my job. Uh, but then if, if you do find that job that you truly love and, and sometimes like entrepreneurs, you know what I mean? They, I do feel as though people are called, um, to start a business or, or whatever. And, and it does require sacrifice on the part of, well, I mean, look at the military, you know what I mean? The military is mm-hmm. a prime example. It does require sacrifice, just as much sacrifice from the family as it does the individual that joined the military. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I, pe- people are called to join the military by God, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it does take away from family. So it's just, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's seasons in everyone's life and obviously everybody's different. Um, but there, there's certainly seasons in everyone's life and, where sacrifices, you know, it, that, that may be what, what needs to happen at that time, you know, sacrificing some of that time for starting the business or for, you know, being deployed and, you know, joining the military and going to training or whatever. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely murky waters (laughs) to wade through. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I did have that, um, less in my work, more in my schooling, like when I was in, uh, when I was doing my master's and Jude was like born, I would uh, have to choose between not sleeping or having mm-hmm. less time. Um, and so it was definitely a balance because I couldn't just not sleep all the time. So, um, and, and again, it was, again, I felt like it was a good sacrifice for something that I felt like, again, like we, you were kind of talking about that God called me to. So I did sacrifice that time. 
but I also would sacrifice my sleep um, because I couldn't sacrifice all that time um, uh, away. So, like, yeah, it, uh, it's 100% a balance between uh, those two. And you got to find what's right for you because, again, people are different. You're absolutely right. And so yeah. what works for one person won't work for another. Um, and, again, you, you just try to find out what's healthiest and you try to get as close as you can to it um, within your space. And then again, you, then you've got grace for all the rest of it. Um, and a lot of times like the whole concept of like, you need to be, you need to be there in the beginning for your kids. Absolutely. You do because pivotal developmental parts and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes, like you said, you know, being in the military, um, it takes a lot of time uh, sometimes that you just don't get to be with your children or um, be with your wife, maybe in the beginning of marriage and stuff like that. And um, even though, yes, it is a loss, you definitely, I think a lot of times people forget how much they can do on the back end of restoration and um, recognition, validation, and, and you know, reconnecting, um, even if there is a loss in, in that space. And that's, again, I think, I think that's another really profound part of where sometimes laziness comes in is that concept of people aren't willing to do the work on the back end of, of life, um, and the emotional, relational, uh, communication work. I think a lot of it is this concept specifically within marriage is this aspect of, you know, they'll have children and children just, you know, suck up a lot of time uh, just because of the fact that they <laughs> don't know how to do anything. <laughs> they yep. like, uh, are just little blobs that literally are helpless. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> There's nothing it's they can lot. do about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't choose to be like born. They're like, <laughs> I came here. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. made me come here. Now you're going to take care of me. Um, it's so, so th- that part, I think, is is the recognition that is going to be a big sacrifice to have kids for your marriage mm-hmm. specifically, oh, sure. and but then a lot of people punt the the responsibility of trying to make the effort for their marriage during that time, even though it's smaller amounts of time together, um, and they punt the responsibility of of reconnecting once their kids become uh, less needy. Or when yep. the kids leave the house, they don't do this focus of like, Hey, this can be a lot of work to reconnect because we just have been disconnected from necessity that we need to now mm-hmm. like really press into figuring out what life's going to look like with us being back in the dating concept of our relationship again yeah, and making that an effort. I think that's where a lot of uh, divorces come in because they're just like, well, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and they just so yeah, like, well, yeah. yeah, communication <clears throat> deteriorates. Um, mm. they're not, a- you're not actively pursuing each other, you know what I mean? And, and you should always, I mean, love is a verb and you, you know, you have to choose to love your spouse mm. and you have to choose to pursue them constantly um, mm. you know, I think that happens all to it. That's the whole, I feel like the whole honeymoon phase crap, which I mean, I think we're happier in our marriage now than we ever have been. Um, yeah. but I think that's, that's what part of what leads to the honeymoon phase. I feel like is when you're dating, 
you're still dating. You know what I mean? You're yeah. still actively pursuing each other. And then there's, there is that when you first get married, all this, you know, newlywed bliss and, and everything. And then reality starts to set in, you know, you start to be like, all right, well, we're married yeah. now. And that starts to wane a little bit, you know, you start to not mm-hmm. actively pursue each other. And then it's like erosion, just a little bit at yeah. a time till you, before you even realize it. And all of a sudden it's just turns into complacency and stale marriage, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's easy to do. It's easy to yeah. do when you've got so many other things that you're trying to do, have more children, work on careers, yeah you know, keep up a house, you know, you end up letting things swallow up the time versus making it a priority and just recognizing it's going to be smaller amounts now and then should build as we, as our kids grow and they become more stable, you can, you know, do more things uh, separate from them. And, and so, but yeah, it does absolutely take work. And I think that's the, that's the thing that people are kind of almost like, it's like, the honeymoon phase disappears and they are just like, well, crap. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't need to pursue you anymore. You're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, now we don't have this like hormonal milieu. That's just, you know, spilling out and making us feel like we want to do all this effort. Now it's choice. And that's the yeah. thing I, I think is important. That concept of love is a verb. Um, Love is commitment, so it doesn't really have to do with a feeling all the time. Now, obviously, love is going to have feelings in it, but not all the time. And so... Well, it should involve feelings. (laughs) Yes. So, like, uh, you're going to have that, but it's going to be more of uh, highs and lows. And the lows, you still need to be loving, even if you don't have the feeling attached to it. You know, to be able to, to do that part. And... And again, the same thing with like kids. It's like sometimes they drive you nuts, um, mm-hmm. but you're still loving them even when they're, you know, driving you insane. And yeah. if love stopped when they were frustrating you, that would not be that would not be good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, you've actually made me too angry. I have renounced you as a child, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, your things are packed. Please take them and go. Yeah. Um, you have not gotten a rose. <laughs> so so this, I think that's important to be able to say like, and that's something that I struggle with um, a lot is keeping the dating concept alive. Like yeah. me and my wife do everything together. Like we are, like she is my best friend. And so I, I want to see her all the time. I like don't go out very often. I'm like always wanting to come home to her. She's my favorite person. But I am, well, one, we were really poor uh, during most of when I was going to school and stuff like that. We just like had very little money, which is not an excuse because I should have been creative. Yeah, there's all sorts of things. I've thought, I haven't done it, so I'm not like trying to be like, well, look at me. (laughs) But like I've even thought about at times when we have been poor. Uh, The biggest issue is not we don't have free childcare. We don't have access to free childcare. Well, I shouldn't say that. Kelly's Kelly's been awesome. Um, she's like basically she's, just refuses to let us pay her. Um, so locks you that, Venmo. Yeah, that's exactly just, what she does. It drives me nuts, actually. But um, I, I have really people. thought about mm. just going 
upstairs and setting up like a nice little table and candles and making <laughs> yep. dinner and like having Kelly, know. Uh, you know, watching the kids downstairs or something and like just doing that, you know, just something. Mm-hmm. It, it's what we do anyway, eating at home, hanging out, like that sort of thing. But it's it's a date, right? I've set it yeah, up like a date. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the, well, that fancy-ish. creativity. Well, yeah. Uh, that creativity, I think, is what's more important than that. And I often t- would get in this concept of like, it needs to either be out and special or like, we just need to do what we normally do. And yeah. that is dumb. <laughs> And lazy on my part. Yep. Like that's a part where I was just being lazy versus being like, let's be creative. Like literally yep. take a blanket outside and put yeah. it on the ground. Boom. We are in a whole new, a whole new place. And, you know, like so many things that I could have done. And that's, a, that's a really big part of what I think is yeah. kind of my challenge to myself as we're talking about this is being like, like, I need to be actively doing this now, even though we are busy and you know, all these different things, like I need to find a way to make it happen in this space. So that way we can have it more. Cause that's the whole concept of, you know, even biblically in, if you're doing it in the small things, you'll do it in the big things. And you know, it's like, if you're not doing it in the small things, you're going to get more time. It's not like you're going to do, like just magically change into this person who values that you'll just probably fill it up with dumb stuff that you don't need to do. Yeah. And, and Lord knows that I could do that. Yes. <laughs> it's like a town lots of, of dumb stuff of mine that I could just find other dumb things to mm-hmm. um, research and get intrigued. Start by a podcast and, or no. yes. <laughs> yes. Which we'll just pretend, which it's funny because I think it's the podcast, us having these kind of more focused conversations about topics. It does help me to start challenging myself of like, yeah, for sure. Different. I think it's a little different because I often challenge like clients with things, but I'm just like in a counseling mode versus Mm -hmm. this is not a counseling mode at all. It's just me. So I'm kind of like talking about things and it just hits different when we're talking about, like this, then, you know, I know all sorts of stuff that I should be doing. Right. And, and Haley says that all the time. She's like, you're a marital counselor. How do you not know what you're supposed to be doing at this point? I'm like, it's different. Like, I don't actually practice what I preach. Yeah. Like, go on. I just tell them, you know, yeah, I just tell them what they should do. And then go do the exact opposite. <laughs> I mean, it is stuff. obviously it's not always easier. And I mean, it's like, it's one thing to know the right thing to do. And it's another thing to implement it. And, yes. it, you know, it's something that it's, you know, you, it helps to have someone holding you accountable. And yeah. so like, even just with Caitlin, she'll come home and tell me a story about work and, something happened that so-and-so was doing this or whatever. And this is what she had to deal with. And a lot of times she's like completely um, like justified in the situation. And, but I still will challenge the way she thinks it's like, maybe like, although you might be justified and no one will question your feelings on this. Like, is that the best way to feel for you? You know what I mean? Like maybe you should, try and think about it this way and this perspective and treat them with love or whatever. And Mm. 
I can tell her that all day long, but then I find myself in a situation and then afterwards I'm kind of yep. thinking about it. I'm like, yup, didn't do at all <laughs> what I tell Caitlin that she should do. <laughs> exactly. It's, but it's, I need, you know, if I'm telling a story about what happened and like Caitlin's on the receiving end, I need her to also tell me like, Hey, this is I need that accountability partner. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's something that, again, that challenging concept or like we were talking about before talking about and researching and, and engaging with subjects for the direction that we're wanting to go is how you create change. That's, you know, it's the aspect of like surrounding yourself by people who are um, kind of better um, farther along the path than you are allows for you to have someone like to strive towards while you're actively working on it. One, they're going to encourage you, but two, you're kind of like, Ooh, I got to keep going. Like there's more to this than just where I'm at. You know, the the whole concept of being like, well, you're as, you're as dumb as me. Perfect. (laughs) We're just going (laughs) to, We're just gonna just pretty much walk in circles uh, with each other versus being able to have. And again, I'm not saying that people are dumb, but like that we want to have people that are a little bit different than us. And again, everyone's unique. So again, you can you can be better at one thing, and, and another person needs that. So you're challenging each other in that space. Yeah, well, that's, and, that's the beauty of marriage and, and accountability partners. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, is is that? I mean, marriage is kind of the ultimate <laughs> accountability yeah. partner, per, yeah, exactly. permanent ca- accountability partner forever. It's yeah. yeah, you know, you should find someone who does challenge you in those ways, and you know, who it, like if you're never challenged by your spouse that's boring <laughs> you know like it is i don't know how else to say it. like it's just boring and and yep. I, I feel like that can also lead to deterioration of of a marriage because mm-hmm. y- you know i think everybody needs that that challenge and striving to be better and wanting the best for each other and you know yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah and i think that's a part you know i think i think god's god puts us in like really deep relationships and obviously marriage is the the epitome of it but even just any deep relationship to have someone who can see you um fully for who you are like Mm -hmm. good the bad and the ugly and call out the ugly and you know i was kind of talking to a client and i was just like if your spouse is speaking to you and it is truth not unhealthiness, but actual truth. That is not her speaking. That's not him speaking. That's God speaking. Because that concept of he will utilize the spouse to reveal the things that he wants you to work on. And most of the time is recognizing those things as truth, as truth when they are said, you know what I mean? Yes. That's, that's the, you know, get defensive uh, instead and, and kind of push back versus being able to have, Again, something that you have outside of yourselves, outside of opinions, um, where you can be like, that's truth. And if my spouse is saying that, and then it's an objective truth outside of either of our feelings, then mm-hmm. I'm held accountable to it. So, like, you know, for Christians would be the Bible. Like, if, if your spouse is speaking the Bible to you 
and you're pissed off about it, that's that's on you. That's yeah. not on your spouse. Um, and your and spout. you can then <laughs> your old spout. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Tip me over. Anyway. Sorry. I um, just that is actually a bad habit that I have is that I just instinctively if so if there's a little slip oh, up there, I just instinctively literally, and I hone in on that. And I me shouldn't. and Haley, me and Haley do all the yeah. time. We just are yeah. always like on each other, just like waiting, like yeah. ready to pounce on like that. Most of the time, we'll just laugh, and the other person will know, and they're just like, "Shut up!" <laughs> it is true. Which Haley gets a lot more uh-huh. of that fun than I do because I literally just <laughs> jumble my words all the time. But you know, I think I think it's an important part to have, and I think that's something that you know God. God does utilize um, within yeah. our life to combat the aspect of laziness because laziness is a sin, and it like talks about it in um, in Proverbs and uh, the lazy sluggard um, is looked at at a negative connotation because again there's work to be done, and if you look at the ratio of work to rest, it is six days of work, one day of rest biblically. And so our life is more filled with work. Now, again, that's not just specifically earn money work, but it's just, you know, active, purposeful engagement. And well, and again, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little earlier, but, you know, when referencing the Sabbath in particular, I think especially in Western society and modern Christians is that we don't honor the Sabbath. You know what I mean? We don't mm-hmm. truly have a day where we don't work that like yeah maybe we think well we're not at work our job that we're getting paid you know but we're out in the yard and and we're mowing and we're pulling weeds and we're doing this and we're doing that and it's like like that's not what the sabbath is it's not how it's described in the bible it's you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's not um so i mean i think it's important to recognize that that we aren't allowing ourselves to um what's the word to stop and rest the way that god's asking us to and i think we find that rest or try to find that rest elsewhere you know what i mean we try and find that rest in laziness in the sense that like oh man i've been doing this and it's like well you you had a day you had an opportunity. You chose to do something else instead. And when you should have been resting mm-hmm. and you should have been honoring the Sabbath and you should have been, you know, being with your family and in the Bible and in the word mm-hmm. and that. Um, and I, I feel as though if you, it, cause I've gone through seasons of that and during those seasons where we have been honoring the Sabbath and actually truly resting, you just feel better. <laughs> You know what I mean? You just you feel do. better. What a weird thing. Yeah. What a weird thing. I know. It works. And it's not just like. that day, right? It's lasting. <laughs> it's a lasting yeah. feeling. Yeah. The, the issue then you're... becomes you feel idle some, you know, if you're not, um, you know, if it, well, honestly, if you're not staying in the word like you should be and, and being with your family, but you can, you can feel idle if you're not careful. And then you start to like, oh, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm bored. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's the part is being able to say, I think we've almost demonized rest where it's like, ironically, 
the very thing that we're talking about is can almost demonized as like that's laziness, but rest is purposeful. There's a difference between laziness. It's, it's yeah. laziness is the time I know I need to be doing something and I'm choosing not to. Yeah. Versus when I know I need rest and I choose to do it, that's not laziness. That's that's rest. That's being restful. And that yeah. has purpose in it. And I think that's an important part to differentiate because I definitely don't want people to think like, oh, so I just got to work until I die. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not the purpose. Um, and again, Jesus modeled that. He literally would be like in the middle of healing people. And he'd be like, nah, I'm done. Which means that there were people there that were probably like waiting for like five, six hours that were like, what? And he's just like, I'm going to go up on a mountain. Um, but he knew he needed longevity. He's like, I'm, yeah. I am healing people, but like, I'm going to heal the entire world from sin. And I need to make sure I can make it to that point. And so yeah. there was times where he had to say no. And I think that's an important part to recognize because, of course, we could always keep going. Um, and again, not that Chick-fil-A is the end-all be-all, but I've always thought it was pretty <laughs> pretty great that they were like, no, we're going to not we're not going to work on a whole day. I mean, that's, that's a lot of revenue that you are missing for it an is. entire day. And especially after church with all those Chick-fil-A loving Christians. I was going to say, come, I think it's like, I think it's just a marketing thing. You know, people, <laughs> you know, they want it on Sunday and then they're like, crap, I can't get it. Uh, and yeah. it just makes them want it all that much more. All you know, the that ex- more. Almost that. Yeah. Exclusivity. <laughs> So we've taken them from being like really good to they're actually horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just uh-huh. blood sucking and they're just going to make you Jones <laughs> for like a crackhead on Monday. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I was going to say get that. that was really great. <laughs> but Kyle has uh, helped me see that that was an error. <laughs> It's Sometimes I'm, I'm too cynical for my own good. <laughs> it's, it's not good for you. It's bad for your heart. But anyways, I think it is good. I think you bring up a good point. We definitely need to be observed. And of course, the Sabbath doesn't need to be specifically on Saturday or even the Christian concept of specifically on Sunday because um, pastors don't get their Sabbath on Sunday. Yeah. Like, they well, have to work the, that day. <clears throat> that's the thing is that I... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a conversation there, for sure. Um, I, I don't know. It's just there's be, well because I mean Sunday is the first day of the week technically, right? Not the the, the seventh know, day I've of always, the week. My my so, whole life. I've lived it where Sunday's the seventh day of the week my whole well, life. Yeah, it's the weekend. It's part of the weekend, not the week exactly. beginning. You know. Yeah. So, no. so, but I mean, it, <clears throat> I mean, maybe Saturday is this is the Sabbath, and then Sunday is is church day. Like, I don't know. I, I think there's definitely a conversation to be had there that. Um, yeah. I know that there is people out there that do believe that it has to be Saturday and that, um, and this is a very extreme 
example, but I, you know, sometimes watch documentaries and get bored and, you know, whatever, but they, they, they talk about, um, it is, it, I'm trying to think of exactly. They, they describe it. I think as the mark of the beast, um, is not observing the Sabbath on Saturday, but observing the Saturday Sabbath on Sunday. And that's very extreme. I get it. Uh, seems I'm like, not saying I agree seems with that. Like a little, but you know, <laughs> yeah, like but, <laughs> like to, I, I can't. It's been like a very Jews, long time since I had seen it. But there are people out there yeah. that, that are like, yeah, and and it's they're well, people it's a do whole thing. This whole documentary I watched. Yeah, so like it's it's a concept of like the change happened because you know I mean obviously the Jewish law is the Sabbath is from Friday night to Saturday night. And then yeah, the yeah, Friday is Sunday to Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. And then obviously Sunday became a thing because Christ rose on it. So they're like, why the heck would we care about Saturday? He was in the grave. And they're like, Sunday needs to be the Lord's day. Um, Cause that's when he did all the stuff. Like the death wasn't the biggest thing. It was the resurrection. That was the biggest thing. So they were mm-hmm. like, we should celebrate on the day of his resurrection. And so it becomes this thing where the main focus is that you should be honoring uh, Christ. But the, the the reason why I've always thought that, you know, it can be on a different time. I like to have it on Sunday um, because I'm not a pastor. So I am free to fully enjoy it. But pastors work all day long. Yeah. Yes. My job sometimes requires me to work on Saturday. Um, you know, and, and so yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm in agreement uh, with it being yeah. you know observing it on Sunday, but I think that's why I think there is a, a discussion to be had there for sure. Yeah, it might be a future little podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe chit chattery on on that one. But you know what? I think we've covered it. Now, if you listen to this podcast, if you made it this far, you now know how <laughs> to not be lazy. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I nailed it on that one. There was no digression Damn. whatsoever, right? It was strictly on how not no. to be lazy. Play by Straight play. Straight on point. Yeah. And for if sure. you do these things, you will never be lazy again. Yep. Take it from You're us. Welcome. We're never lazy. Ask our wives. <laughs> never been lazy a day in my life. <laughs> Please yeah. ignore our first episode. Um, don't watch that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and it will I'm be actually. Okay. But sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to find something here um, that I think. There we go. So just so if you feel as though you're leaving this this episode without um, have learning, yeah, having learned something or um, you know ways to better yourself, just walk away with this. I don't know if you can see it, but now we know that's it right there. 312 <laughs> licks. I don't know if it's backwards. I can't tell if it's mirrored, but 312 no, licks it's to perfect. the center of a Tootsie pop. So boom, you're welcome world. I've done it for you. So you didn't have to. <laughs> and in case anyone wants a question, it is single one, two, just like that. Wow. So, yep. How, how and when? Yes, sir. Um, 
it's actually been a while since I did that. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I think I might have been at drill or something. <laughs> like I just had a lot of time yeah. on my hands, and I was just like, "This has to be done. Somebody has to do it." Somebody you know, has it's to been do it. it's it is the question outside of why are we here. It is the number one question that human beings have to answer for or somebody had to for humanity. And yes. You know what? I took it for myself. You're welcome. You did it. Yeah, you're and welcome. That's the world. opposite of laziness, which just shows that you aren't lazy. Yeah, at all. Exactly. True that dedication right there. That is commitment. Yep. And with yep. that, I think I didn't do that it for me. Perfect. No. No, you did it for, for humanity. I did it for humanity. You did it for you did it for your great great grandchildren. <laughs> They're not having to wonder this question, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which I bet you Tessie won't even won't even make it uh, to that part. <laughs> uh, I bet you kids don't even know what that was. Um, but you just enlightened them. Well done, Kyle. Well, I and mean, currently my my son doesn't know what a Tootsie Pop is, but I'm sure he will eventually. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? I think that's that's the perfect. Yep. Perfect ending. Way to to end it. Perfect podcast on laziness. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. Um, And I think that's it's time for us to bid you all adieu. Adieu. And good night.